When I was 23 years old, all anybody wanted to ask me was, what do you do for a living? And what was my response? My response was, I do awesome. I'm Steve Armato, and I started this podcast to interview awesome people who build awesome lives. So now, let's do awesome. Chris Zaccario, my good friend, college teammate, fucking just been boys for a long time now. Um, welcome to Doing Awesome. It's nice to see you, even though we don't see each other in person nearly as much anymore, but good to see you here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk. I'm very excited about it. Um, how's your stay in New York thus far been? Um, it's beautiful. It's a little cold for me, but uh, that's what you get when you're coming from New Orleans, man. Dude, you should be, you, you got to stop being soft. Like, I remember you pitching in the snow um, in college. Like, you got to just, just man up now. I know. I was like, we were walking the dog yesterday and uh, I was like basically crying to Jessica that I had to go home because it was too cold. It was only 40 degrees. I used to pitch when it was 25. That was freezing. So soft. I know you would have thought pitching when it was 25 would help you not give up long walls, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I do amazing things in the world. All right. Talk about doing awesome. I mean, you can see some amazing things when you hang out with me. Yeah, I, you, that's a, that's actually very, very, very true. Um, people, you, we got stories. We can't get into all of them, but that, that is very true. But let's get into let's just get in. We'll get into all the insurance stuff later. We could talk about that because you are you're you're everyone's guy for life. We know that we'll get into that. But so like where talk to me about where you grew up and kind of like how that helped you get to where you are, because like, you've had a journey from. Long Island to New Orleans um, that you stopped in Connecticut for a little bit, but talk to me about, <laughs> you know, talk to me about your journey and where, where you grew up and kind of like how that shaped you as a person. Yeah, cool. So I'm from a town on Long Island called Manhasset. Uh, they're known for being the best lacrosse team in the country half the time. Um, when we were in high school, all my best friends were on the lacrosse team. They were number one in the country for two straight years Meanwhile, I'm playing with the dumb, deaf, and the blind on the baseball field. So it was that was challenging, but the, the town itself is, is a beautiful town. I'm very fortunate to grow up here. The public school is awesome. You do well in high school. You get to go to a good school, a good college, and, and hopefully live a good life. So not many challenges up front, but uh, playing baseball in Manhasset is a challenge. Um, I really had to make my own baseball career which was totally opposite from my friends who wouldn't even play in the games, but because they were on the lacrosse team, they would still go to division three school and play lacrosse. Uh, me, I was scraping my way to just get some, you know, junior college to just watch me. So I had to try out for uh, one of the more competitive summer teams on Long Island. I made the team thankfully. And then I was on my way to sacred heart, where uh, I got to play ball and pitch to big Steve Armada behind the dish. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, uh, now I live in New Orleans. My wife's from New Orleans. Been down there five years. Uh, feels like I'm semi-retired with the palm trees in paradise. Uh, even though I work my ass off, um, it's a lot different than New York. And I love both places. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a journey. I've been to a lot of different places in my life. So, yeah. So I be this doesn't surprise me at all that you're talking about how 
you work your ass off because I felt like you did the same thing in college. And how did kind of being an athlete, how did being an athlete kind of, uh, you know, shape your work ethic after ba- even after baseball? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just shows you that if you work hard at something, you're you should have success at it. Um, that's not that's not everything, but if you have some talent for something and you work hard at it, you should be successful. And so once you feel that success, which it took me a long time. I mean, Steve, I, you remember I didn't really play. I was always pretty good, but I didn't really have real true success until my senior year. So it took three years of failing and working hard behind the scenes to get to that point. Um, So it really taught me two things is that you have to be patient. um, But that, again, if if you work hard, good things will happen. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this, um, but senior year, I believe you were, well, you were the ace, staff ace, um, and you you were conference all you were all conference that year, right? Um, second team. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it was should have been first again. team. You kind of got robbed there. <laughs> I think you got robbed there. I think you you just you were dominant. So you, you kind of got robbed there. And then you tried to do one of the most superhuman things I've ever seen, which was throw 130 pitch complete game on <laughs> on a Thursday of the yeah. tournament of the conference tournament and try and come back to pitch out of the bullpen on Sunday in the final game. And that was just, I don't even know you were throwing to me side note. I didn't play at all that year. So I was in the bullpen with you while we were trying to actually get you in the game. And you just kept <laughs> looking at me like, I can't feel my arm, but we're going to see, I how, got this, nothing, dude. see yeah. how this goes. Yeah. yeah. You know, that might've taught me don't try to be a hero all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was, yeah, that was, that I was like, I can't believe he's doing this. Like you you used to go out and just throw like 130 pitches. Like people that are listening to this, their head's probably spinning because MLB guys like get pulled after like 60 third time through the order. And you should just, because they're soft. They are soft. I mean, I can't stand outside when it's 40 degrees, but I can throw 150 pitches. (laughs) I know. I know, dude, just, you know, change up splits just all day. Not, you know, that's it. That's it. I mean, it's good. Let's get it. We could get off the baseball topic a little bit here, but I mean, it's just we have really good stories. We haven't really. I actually caught your first save. I remember. Yes, you did. I caught your. Thank God. I mean, I remember back with those days, we had such a. We had Steve, and there was another catcher who who will not be named, and he didn't really catch. Um, He was like a little twig behind the plate. And every time I would ask my coach, I was like, can we have Steve in the game? Can Steve catch me? Because this other thing that's behind the plate is an embarrassment. <laughs> um, and so finally we hooked up that day and yeah, you were calling the right pitches, man. Making that, it happen. That was, that was, I remember that because I did, was basically told that I wasn't going to play all yeah. season. <laughs> I was, I was, I was told I wasn't going to play all season. And then um, midway through the season, a couple guys got hurt. And then it was me and him and uh, everyone was like, please let Steve play. And then after that, they were just like, all right, well, you're going to catch every single game for the rest of the season. And doesn't matter what your health looks like. I was like, it's fine. Forget about throwing 130 pitches. Your freaking knees on the back to back double headers. 
dude, four games in three days every weekend. Yeah, every weekend. Every weekend. No every... reprieve, man. No. It's all right though. I'm I'm doing fine now. I'll have no cartilage in about a year, but it's fine. I saw you uh I saw you working out, man, on the um on your TikTok. You're getting back into the working out. That's that's very important. I'm a yeah. big proponent of of keeping if you keep your your health, your physical health good, your mental health follows. It's right. That's true. And that's a lot of things that people don't realize. I I let it fall by the wayside. Um, and then in January of last year, I, me and my wife decided like enough is enough. We have to like actually get back into it. I don't know. There was, <laughs> you know, there was like, I mean, there was a time we were just, it, it, we just got lazy. It was, That's all it was. And we were worrying about other things. And like my wife had just had back surgery, but after the surgery, she's like, yeah. I don't want to have, I don't want to have another surgery. I need to be in shape. You need to be in shape. Like we need to get healthy and we've, uh, we picked it up this year. Things are looking good. I feel great. So I've been getting into sauna. Dude, I've been getting into saunas too. Saunas are awesome. I mean, it's not just because I like to sweat out the booze after a long night, but they're good. They, they make you feel relaxed and nice, man. Dude, they feel amazing. There's and there's a place in Hoboken. It's infrared. I don't know if the infrared actually does anything there. That might be just be a scam. <laughs> it's just it's hot. It's a hot sauna. That's it. I go 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 there for like forty five minutes to an hour. Actually, I usually tap out at forty five because I can't. It's hot. Um, it is hot. After forty five, I'm out of there. It's good. But that's like you feel great after that. Do you do anything like that? Like, do you do? I mean, I'm not a cold plunge guy i know these people do the ice baths and think they're going to send better emails but that's besides the point <laughs> um you know i don't do i i just i'm not into that yeah maybe at some point i will be but do you do anything like that because you are into health like you're into fitness and stuff like that so do you do any like i know you just said sauna but do you do any like cold plunging or anything like that i don't know the 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 farthest out i'll get is have a cold shower after like it's 95 degrees and humid in, in New Orleans. So it's, that, it's warranted. It's not that's like fair. Doing. Yeah. Actually, I have a buddy that takes, he's a doctor. He takes a cold shower every morning. He swears by it. He says that it kicks your immune system into gear. It wakes you up. I don't know, man. I've tried to take it. It's really cold. I'd rather sit in a, in an ice bath because you just go numb after like 45 seconds. Right. So, and you're out of there in two minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's two minutes. So yeah, no, I mean, I've definitely evolved in terms of like the different ways I take care of myself. I got into yoga, which is really helpful on the knees. Nice. Um, and I've actually lost a little weight by doing yoga just once a week. It's it's weird. I mean, I feel like I'm stronger than I was when I was lifting. Okay, that's not weird because you're flexible now and you're using you're using parts of your body that you never actually used. Yeah, I guess so. You're using, yeah, like all these smaller muscles to balance yourself and stuff. It's, uh, it's weird. You would never think that, but yeah, I mean that, that I like that. I like the way that sounds. I'm not going to do yoga. Cause I need to stretch though, dude. I need to stretch. It's bad. Like I wake up sometimes I got, I'm tight. I feel it, but like, how has that helped? Like what it's helped you. You said you feel stronger, but like, is your flexibility just insane now? Uh, it's a little better. I mean, the yoga that I'm doing is like basically a 45 minute, like hard workout. I mean, the things, okay. the positions that you go into, they're all like lunges and squats that it's, it's just, it's one of the harder workouts that I've done since, uh, you know, that one day that coach G wanted to run us on the beach in, in Bridgeport when I was like carrying oh. Jared on my back. Oh That's, man. Yeah. I remember uh, that. A big no, no for me. I don't it's even think that was a, 
I don't even think that was a G thing. I think that was a Heenan thing. Shout out Dr. Josh Heenan. Yeah. Dude, I remember Dude, I remember that. You know what I remember from that? On the way home, everybody was dead. I did not. I did not. We took vans there. They made us come to the pit and take vans there. And on the way home, I just remember we're driving and like there was like six of us in there and Fitton was one of them. For those of you who don't know, (laughs) Fitton is like 6'10". He's a giant. Like he's huge. Um, he just says to Matt, Maz is driving and he's just like to Maz, he's like, Maz, he's like, you got to pull over. He's like, I'm going to throw up. So Maz, we were like on that road on the block of the page. Yeah. Make, a safe place too. Right. Safe place. Sorry, yeah. So now just picture this. He pulls to the right. Like he makes like a half a turn. So we're like blocking the corner and there's, and it's February in Connecticut. So it's about negative 15 degrees outside. And there is just a poor man in his car. He's frozen. All the windows have ice on them and he starts the car and there's like a little hole that's been defrosted already. And he's sitting there and I could see like this guy's freezing and the door just blasts open and Fitton just starts throwing up right in front of this guy's car. <laughs> and this guy, this guy just like looks, this guy looks up and just has the most defeated look Defe- on I was his face. Say that. Defeated. Like, that's like, exactly like how do you recover from that like this giant just jumped out of a van and threw up in front of my car while i'm trying to defrost it and go to work it was it's like freezing coming out of his mouth yeah too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like ice pallets of, of puke yeah it's unbelievable unbelievable but um but listen so let's get into some of what you do because you do insurance but I mean, you do you do a lot of things and you're a good uh, to me. You're a really good salesperson because, A, you're personable. You're a good guy. You could have a conversation. You could kick back a couple drinks. You're like the ideal sales guy, you know. So let's talk about what you do, how you do it and why you like doing it. Yeah. So my nine to five, I'm actually a property and casualty insurance agent. So that's uh, for people that don't know what that is. That's your home, auto and business insurance. So basically everyone needs one of those three. And I've been doing that for 14 years now. Um, The funny thing is within like three or four years of doing it, I realized that I did not want to do this for the rest of my life. And so I've actually tried to do a million different things over the course of the last decade. Um, I want to say the first thing I started doing was writing pitching articles for a pretty popular Mets blog called Metsmerized.com. I remember that. And yeah, and that was fun. But the reality was I'm not a writer. I don't like writing. So I knew that I would have to go back to, to, I'd have to go back to school if I actually wanted to make that a career. So that wasn't happening. The next thing I started doing, which I still do a little of it today, but not, I don't play as seriously is, um, playing competitive fantasy sports on DraftKings and FanDuel. And I did that for a few years and I had a good amount of success, but that's not really, I mean, when I say success each year, I made still like under $10,000 in profit. So you can't have that be, well, I can't have that be my career. People do, but there's very few. And I don't even know if I'd actually want to live that life. These people can lose a million dollars in a month. Um, It's, it's not where you want tough to be. To stomach. It's just tough to stomach. I mean, it just can't be mentally sustainable. Uh, um, so I did that from like maybe 2015 to 2018. It was a really fun hobby. 
Uh, but then again, I realized I couldn't really do that. So I was like back to the drawing board. Um, we moved down to New Orleans in 2018. In 2019, I actually got set up uh, being a pitching coach for one of the best high school programs in Louisiana. Uh, the team name is, uh, the school is John Curtis. They won three of the last five state championships the year that I started helping them. And um, that was fun. I enjoyed coaching somewhat, but coaching baseball for a team, there's a lot of other things that go into it. It's not just you're, you're pitching, you're helping people with their mechanics or anything. It's actually quite the opposite is in high school, they just want to win. They're not really thinking about player development. And I really wanted to do player development, helping these pitchers with their mechanics and their um, thought process on the mound and their pitch selection. That's what I was really good at. And that's what I, I know I can help people do. Then COVID happened. So the season, the season quickly ended. Um, and I actually ended up doing virtual pitching lessons for a few months during COVID. Um, I had two kids that I did, that I did lessons with once a week. Um, and then they were actually going to college. So they went off to college to play. And so that kind of just stopped. I enjoyed doing that. But again, doing coaching virtually is really, really tough because you're not there. It, it, if you try to teach something that's physical, and but yet you're not physically there. So that was really difficult. Uh, I knew I didn't really think that that was totally sustainable either. And so it was COVID. It was the end of I wouldn't say end of COVID it was end of 2020. And me and my wife just wanted to, like, have fun again in life. So for the next year, I didn't really think about changing a career or doing anything like that. And then I don't even know where it came about. But last summer, I just said to myself, you know, I'm going to get my life insurance license. I don't know why I haven't done this. I've basically helped people sell life insurance for a long time. I just never got paid on it because that wasn't my main career. So I started to, I got my license. My wife came up with this kick-ass name. I'm your guy for life. So I said, you know what, this is, this could be fun to market. Uh, and then as you know, Steve, I've been doing social media videos almost every day since like June, I want to say, mm -hmm. um, which is, I really enjoy doing the social media. I mean, what, what do you think about it? Do you enjoy doing that? Or do you give her, you could give or take it. Um, I enjoy doing it sometimes when it doesn't i enjoy doing it when it doesn't feel like i have to be posting something um yeah i feel like you know you do a good job of mixing it up you've gotten you've gotten like a you've grown in that i've watched you grow because i watch all your videos so like you've got a you've done a really good job of mixing things up and doing different ideas and everything ties back to life insurance and you're not actually asking for a sale you're just being you're just making people aware that you sell life insurance and why they need it and it's it's great and i love that for me on my end of things i just haven't i haven't put together my own personal strategy on it you know like i i know i need to that's actually my focus for 2024 is my social strategy i just get stressed out about it when I know that we do videos, we create videos and people want videos and people want me to market videos and like in my own way. And I just get stressed coming up with the ideas and the topics. I I put together a whole 
you know, the podcast series about how like you could basically go to my feed and figure out how to do your own podcast and start it and make money. And you could you don't need to do anything else. You could just go to my feed and I give yeah. you all that advice. But I have fun when it's fun when it's fun and I'm not stressed about the posting, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's funny because we do have two totally different strategies. My strategy is, and I've noticed this with my posts itself, is if I mention life insurance in the first few seconds, they don't do well because people don't come to social media to learn about life insurance. It's boring. It's morbid. And I get that. And so I quickly realized, like, if I'm going to mention life insurance, it's the last, like, five seconds. Yeah. Um, and again, like, as you noted, like I'm trying a lot of different things, but, uh, I'm just trying to make them fun. Whereas like your topic to me, a lot of it being like about podcasts or social media advice, like so many people crave that. So for you, like, I, I wouldn't say it's easier because there's only so much advice that you can give, but I feel like it's much more interesting than me doing life insurance videos because I, I mean, everyone's on social media it's, and, and everyone wants to grow their social media. That's so, true. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, like I, I follow this woman, uh, Katie, I forget what her last name is, starts with an L and she does all social media stuff and she has a good social media uh, podcast about social media. And she, she does a great job. Like I try to, I try to pay attention to what she does and learn from her. But to me, I think what she does is like almost easier than what I have to do because the pe people crave that information. I crave that information. So right. you're right about that. People want that and they want to know. The thing is that the thing that people want though, which is kind of messed up is that people want they think it's a quick fix, right? They think they're going to go from like zero to 10,000 followers or 100,000 followers overnight. There's really no formula. There is a formula for that. It's called pay for it. You just, you pay for ads. Yeah. Like that's the formula for that. But if you tell people like, we're going to do this organically and it's going to take time, nobody wants that anymore. Everybody wants like, boom, I want this now. I want to have 10,000 followers. I want to monetize this now. It's like, these things take time. Like, that's all that like being, you have to be in the game. You have to be consistently in the game for a long period of time yeah. for that to work. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that. Like they don't want to be in the game for a long time. They are trying to just get in. I don't even know, get in, get out. They think they're going to make a, I mean, there are people that make millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year because they have a massive following and they just promote stuff. But that's a very small percentage of what goes on. On social media. So small. I mean, I'm not even like for me, the social media part isn't even so much about like getting immediate sales or anything like that. It's it's much more from like a simply like I'm just trying to advertise my name and show all my friends and family and my network of people um, in my life that, hey, guys, I sell life insurance and that actually has worked like some of my friends did, didn't know that I sold life insurance. So just just doing, just doing that is, is I think good. Just if, if someone had a business, not everyone knows what you do in your right. life. I mean, your immediate family does your best friends do, but like a lot of my friends that I still talk to from high school that I don't see that often, 
they wouldn't know that I sold life insurance. I don't think you wouldn't have known that I sold life insurance a year ago if I no. didn't have social media. No. So I mean, sometimes your immediate family doesn't even know what you do. Yeah, well, that's probably because they're assholes. But. Yeah, sometimes your immediate <laughs> family is just like, why didn't you get a city job and like become yeah. a fire? <laughs> like, exactly. Right? So actually, I had a question for you. So through all your travels, have you seen – uh, have you seen or done or know any business that's not like a big name business that's already established? Have you seen a business actually grow on social media and actually sell a, like a product or a service through social media um, successfully? So more services. Um, so like even it's one of my clients now that I work with. I'm not even pumping, not even like really pumping myself up here, but like, so uh, we started working with them for their LinkedIn and that's all we focused on because they're B to they're B to uh they're B to B, right? They're not B to C. And mm -hmm. um we just focused on their LinkedIn and they like we didn't even like the way I do LinkedIn marketing, I do it's a three-step process. So the first month is just we don't ask for anything, we're just sending out information, getting people to see you on the page and know it. Then the second, the uh second month we do is we're asking them to click on something. We want to send them somewhere for more information. And then the final, like not the final, the third month is when we mix all those up, see what's working, see what's not working. And then we ask for a phone call, an email, whatever it is. So <laughs> I've seen, they already had there's this business. They've been in New York city for 35 years and they're a service-based business and they never did anything on social media. Like they had like 12 followers on Twitter. They never did anything. And then all of a sudden we built out this content library and after like five, six months, people started calling them and coming to them for their services. So I've yeah. seen, I've seen that. And that's what, when I talk about, it, it's a long-term pro it's a long process. Like you have to invest in yeah. it. And I mean, you can pay for ads too. That's another part of it. Like paying for social media ads, but most of the time products do really well on social media when you hit the right target market, but you also have to spend money to get those seen. Like you have to spend a good chunk of money now. It's, it's really pay to play. So sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but to answer your question, no, that's what I wanted to hear. To answer your question, the answer is yes. I've seen the established yeah. businesses that, because you, at the end of the day, you're going to need it. Right. So at the end of the day, everybody's going to need it because everybody's on their phone all the time. And like 85, 85% yeah. Of eighty five percent of ads are seen on the phone, and I I ask every I ask everyone this question when I'm pitching to them. I go, "What do you do when you're watching TV and a commercial comes on?" And they all say the same thing. They go, "I look at my phone." Right. So yeah. why would you put ads? You're gonna pay for a TV spot, right? You're a small business. You don't have these millions of dollars that these people that these people have to afford that spot, right? So why wouldn't you spend a tenth of the money to go to where people are all the time? And it's not only while TV is on. It's when they wake up in the morning. It's when they go to the bathroom. It's it's all day long. People are on their phone. And by using social media, you are getting them where they spend the most time. So Yeah, that's – I never really thought about it like that. Never – definitely didn't think about the TV example. That's a really good way to put it. Um, and, yeah, circling back – on what you were saying about consistency, I would say the one thing that I've learned more than anything else is that I really do have to post almost every day. And for whatever reason, the, well, I know what the reason is. They want to help people that are 
helping them keep other people on their platform. So I have already seen that when I post multiple days in a row, it tends, those videos at the end tend to do better yes. than the ones in the very beginning. Or if I take like three days, just three days off and I post a video, it doesn't really do that well, unless it's like a really good video, which is, you know, not that easy to do all the It's time. not easy. It's hard. It's hard. It people, I think that's another thing too. People like think it's like an easy thing to just create content and come up with ideas. It's not that easy. You got to put time no. to make I it mean, good. I'm like really searching. I haven't posted my thing for today yet, but it's about Tommy DeVito's sports agent. Tommy there, Cutlets, that guy's amazing. I used, way. I actually used, I used that to uh, market the podcast on, on my Instagram story yesterday. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, this guy's amazing. So guy, I, I have like a little like 15 second thing that I, I somehow related to life insurance, but like just, to, I mean, I really have to really reach for some of these, for some of these things. I what you know what it is though like you but reaching but like it's it's relevant right so even if you were you've done Travis Kelsey type stuff right so like Kelsey Swift that's like a big thing like if social media a lot of the time is about hitting a trend like if you could recognize something and hit it immediately and tie it to what you're doing it'll do well and yeah stuff like that works so like I mean right now you got it. Tommy DeVito just won. This isn't going to air in, for another two weeks, but Tommy DeVito won player of the week for the Monday night game against the Packers, NFC player of the week. I don't know what world we're living in where this guy, Tommy DeVito is. I'm the, I'm just letting it ride. I'm having, I hated it at first. Cause I was, I that's the thing. The team loves him. Because the, te the team loves him. Like uh, Isaiah uh, Hodgins caught a touchdown the other night. He got up. And the first thing he did was this. They, <laughs> They, the team loves him. Dable loves him. They, I mean, it's a great story. He's already played us out of a draft pick for a quarterback. So that's good. Yeah. That's over. That's over. So now we might as well just enjoy the ride and see if this kid could really play. Yeah, I know. That's true. I, he's literally playing his way onto, uh, onto the team next year. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty no, impressive. there's no other way to put it. It is impressive. And, you know, I hope it's, it's just hilarious. Like the, the I'm Italian, so I find it even funnier, but like even the, like the photos from the tailgate and the videos from the tailgate. Like it's just his cousin, yeah. his cousin's wearing a sweatshirt that says Italia on it. He's wearing a headband. <laughs> he's wearing a headband of the Italian flag and he's just pumping out chicken cutlet sandwiches. I'm just yeah. like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire I life. I mean, that's why like when we saw the culmination of seeing a sports agent, I was like, this has got to be fake. Dude. Yeah, no, it and it wasn't because we we all said that. All my friends said this has to be fake. And one of my friends, yeah, like fake. as you know, as you know, I've worked in sports for years. One of my friends goes, "No, this is this guy's name." He goes, "I worked with him a couple times for some of his other player, like other guys. Like this is real." I'm like, I can't believe that this is actually his agent. It's like unbelievable. That guy's but, probably a great sports agent too. You could just tell he wheels and deals. Oh yeah, I mean that guy just that guy. He he definitely is a great agent. There's no way he's yeah, not. Yeah, he has and, to be. And like and he honestly basically just he showed up and said, I'm gonna look like the most Italian person you've ever seen <laughs> in your entire life. Yeah, and, talk about good marketing. Like yeah. he that was perfect for him, man. Perfect. He thought he, that out. 
he's gonna get so many nil deals now from guys that like <laughs> yes. guys in college it's gonna be it's gonna be italian come on everyone every italian supports the italian i mean there's not i mean i'm sure there's not that many italian athletes going into the nfl but he'll find them if they got him he'll he'll, he'll find them so all good you know that's true. Uh, the Italians aren't really known for athleticism other than me and you right, um, yeah. and DeVito. Right. But uh, normally, we normally stick to plumbing and electri- electrical Ele- work. But... Exactly. Exactly. We're more, that's, that's, that's more where we're at. So wait, so let's, I like that we're going off on a tangent here. This is great, but let's oh, get yeah. it. Let's get into some other stuff. So, you know, you've built relationships throughout your years. Um, working right so especially in something like even life insurance how important are those relationships um that you've grown and like how do you keep relationships going like why is that important to you so i would say selfishly the the most important relationship that anyone's going to have is whoever teaches them or or mentors them um assuming that you have a mentor but most people end up working at a normal corporation to start and then they go off on their own, um, like, like, like you did. Um, so having a good mentor is, is, is the most important thing because that's going to be the foundation of how you run your, uh, run your business or, or act in, in your industry. I, I, that's a good question, actually. I mean, how do you, how do you maintain, I mean, I only, selfishly i like i reach out to my mentor when i have questions um i don't really know that's a good question yeah i mean i mean the way i do it is if i'm you know thinking of somebody i shoot them a text or if i'm Mm. like if something happens like i've done that to you where i've like just been like i just found this hilarious you know send them a text (laughs) or something like that and then you know that sparks a conversation um or Honestly, like there's some people in my life that are, I consider mentors. They probably wouldn't consider themselves mentors, but I try to make it a point to check in with them either once a quarter or a few times a year. And they're just always there to give unsolicited advice. And I just, I keep it that, that's how I do it. It's easy. Cause when you think as thing is, if I think about somebody and I don't text them, that just thought just goes by. If yeah. I just, if I just think of someone or, I see something funny that makes that reminds me of them, or I think of something that happened, you know, last time we were together or something like that. I just send them a text. And I mean, that's how, that's how I, that's how me and my wife got together. Right. Me and Alex, like I went to high school with her. We never dated in high school or anything. And I just slid into her Snapchat DMS one day. And then <laughs> now here, here we are, you know, a social so, media romance, nice. social media. Ro- yeah, there you go. So, um, but yeah, that's, I, that's how I try and do it. And I, I don't, I try not to ask for a whole lot unless, you know, it gets to a point. Like sometimes there are people that I'll reach out to where, you know, if business is really slow, I'll be like, hey, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but, um, you know, if you, not even you, if you know somebody that might, that I might be able to help that you think is a good fit, please let me know. And usually that leads to something. Sometimes they're like, actually, I need you. Let's do this. So, yeah, I actually, that's funny that you say that because, when I went through my PNC insurance book of business and tried to cross sell life insurance, it was amazing how many people were like, I don't need life insurance, but I actually bought a, a secondary home, a seasonal, like a, a vacation home 
last year. I don't know why I didn't give you the insurance. Why don't you do a quote for me? Um, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause like, honestly, people over, I feel like people overthink, um, people that they haven't spoken to in a while where like maybe, like maybe nothing, you know, maybe if you didn't have a falling out with them, right. It's just people, life happens to people. So you go in different directions and you lose touch with people. It happens to everybody. But if you didn't have like a bad falling out with them or anything like that, you can always reach out and just say, Hey, just was thinking about you for this. Like if you want to catch up, whatever it is. And 99% of the time that person responds and is like, yeah, I'd love to catch up or I could help you this way or whatever it is. So I feel like people overthink it and they, they psych themselves out. Cause they're like, Oh, I haven't talked to that guy in, in five years. Like, so what? Just, you both haven't talked to each other. It's not like they were reaching out to you and you stopped responding. You got, you both life happened to you both. And you know, it's, it's fine. You could just make, you could, you know, just reach out. It doesn't cost, cost zero money to send. Yeah. Text, you know, um, I actually kind of leads me into a question for you since so many people need life insurance. So it's not really that hard for me to find new leads. I mean, relatively, but like, how do you find new leads other than go ahead yeah i refer really it's referrals um yeah people i'm already doing business with or um i've started started more picked it up this year um going to more networking events and meeting more people yeah um, that way i find i do most of my business in person better um you can't really replace yourself right so i could send as many cold emails as i want i have an email i have like a sequence automation system for cold reach outs that'll like touch point with like a bunch of touch points that just hammer people with emails until they respond and tell me no um but that that's just how i that's how i set that up because you know you can't be everywhere all at once but that works you get one percent of those maybe most of the time i'm out meeting people that's how i get leads is or they know somebody i tell them what they do like hey i know this guy let's chat so um yeah so it's mostly referral based for you yeah Uh, and other than some networking events yeah and i learned that through i learned that through the the person that i was just talking about earlier who has become a mentor where he said to me one day he's like dude he's like all my he goes all of my business comes from people that i know he goes, I don't do any marketing online. Like I don't put anything into social media. He goes, I just go meet people and they refer me and that's how it works. And I was like, wow, I mean, you're pretty successful. You own three companies. You have a great life. So I guess there's something to that. So I started, <laughs> <laughs> so I started focusing on that more, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, right? So do you have like a, do you have like a book or a movie? that you watched that you kind of changed the way you, you did things or viewed things? Uh, yeah, so actually, I think it might be the only book I ever read in my life, um, but it's called The Inner Game of Tennis and it's about sports psychology. And I read it um, going into senior year of college. And what it taught me was basically like what Coach G would always talk about, like, visualization and and the the book basically taught you how to do that how do you separate your brain what they called body a to your physical body which was body b and it just it taught me so much more than just you know how to apply it on a pitcher's mound 
it showed me that you can really control your thoughts. And if you, if you think positively and you think about whatever the outcome is that you want, it's not always going to happen, but it's far more likely to happen. Um, and I, it's just, it's amazing. Basically you taught me the power of, of your, of your brain and in your approach. And I've actually taken that over to my everyday life. Now, part of my morning routine is actually meditating. So I wake up every day and I don't know when this started, maybe like a decade ago. And I have very bad, like anxiety right in the middle of my chest. It's very annoying. And I can be like shaky. And again, this is right when I wake up. So I haven't had coffee. Uh, you know, it could be, I could be hungover or not hungover. I could eat like shit or eat healthy. It doesn't matter. It's just how it is every morning. And a few years ago, I, I think my wife, Jessica suggested it to me to try to do breathing exercises. And so I just kind of got into like this 10 minute, 15 minute morning meditation. And it really, Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, he even talks about how he wakes up every morning and he doesn't have the greatest outlook on life for whatever reason. That's just how it naturally is. And it only takes him a 10 minute meditation to, to change that script and have him be energized and excited um, about his upcoming day. And I find it to be exactly the same. I mean, I've listened to guided meditations. I've done breathing on my own and it's helped me exponentially. Um, and it gives you more energy too. I'm not really certain of how the science works out, but I feel more awake after I've done it than wow. before. Wow. That's pretty amazing. I have to try. So you do that every day. It's like a morning routine for you. Basically. I literally wake up. I take the dog out to go to the bathroom. I feed him. I make lemon water for me and Jessica. I drink that in a minute and I sit down and I do my meditation. Wow. And then I start my day. That's awesome. That's awesome. I haven't been able things. I like, I've tried doing that and I haven't been able to stick with it because I, I feel like I like fall asleep. So I'm not probably not doing it right. Yeah. I'm probably not doing it correctly. Um, as I, I fall asleep easy, as you know, there's an account for yeah. it. As thanks. Thanks, Alex, my wife. Um, yeah. So, but it, I don't, I don't know. I just haven't been able to stick to it. And I've done it for like two, three days at sometimes then I just don't do it because I just fall asleep and I'm snoring again. So, you know, I get, but that's interesting that that works for you in just 10 minutes. And I think it's, I think for you, you might have to focus on the deep breathing because if you're focused on deep breathing, you're not going to fall asleep. It's there's too much work involved in breathing deeply through your nose and letting it go out through your mouth. Okay. So, cause not every meditation is like that. Some meditations are, are like, light breathing. Some don't even talk about breathing. They're just strictly about thinking about what you want to accomplish that day. For me, I really do like the breathing because it physically calms me down. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I highly recommend it. It's changed my life. That's awesome. I love the sound of that. So now like you're on that, we talked your morning routines there. Now what so this is it, like you, we've been talking about social media. So, and it's crazy. Social media is nuts. We're always on our phones. So like, do you do stuff to disconnect from, from the, from that digital world a little bit? Like what kind of things do you do if you do it at all? So I actually struggle with like during the course of my day, taking breaks 
because I'll wake up at six or seven. I do my meditation and I basically will go kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll check the news to see if there's something that I want to do a, a social media post on, but otherwise I'll like table the social media thing until lunch, Okay. but I'll start working. And I mean, there's just always something that I can be doing. So I just go, go, go. And sometimes I just look up and I'm like, oh my God, it's two o'clock. I haven't even eaten my lunch. I haven't thought about my social media post. And so I have to do a better job of actually learning how to separate myself from just working and working and working. And I've gotten a little better at that. Again, one thing I've installed in my meditation is at the end, I'll do what's my one intention for the day. And a lot of the time I'll make my intention, like do a good social media post. And that will help me like remind me to around like noon or 11 AM to stop what I'm doing and focus on my social media and then go back to my PNC job or my life insurance, whatever the hell I'm doing. But yeah, I mean, in general activity, like I, I think of when I wake up, I think I'm just going to work from, you know, seven or 8am until five or six, I'm going to eat one, I'm going to eat dinner. And then I'll go hang out with Jessica, or maybe I'll do a little more work if I'm really that busy, or I'll go out with friends or whatever it is. But I try to kind of schedule it like that where I'm not taking breaks, but I, I know like, I mean, how do you, how do you work with like a schedule of a day? It's hard. It's hard to, for me, I always found it harder to schedule the day out. Like I saw people like, Oh, you don't have, you don't need a to-do list. You need to schedule what you're doing at every single hour of the day. Yeah. And that'll help you get more stuff done. And I never really found that that worked for me. What worked for me is the night before what I like to do the night before is I write down the three things that I need to get done from a business standpoint, if there are three things, right? So maybe it's one or two. It's just the three things for me. What is going to make a difference that day, right? What's going to make us 1% better that that I need to get done today, right? Then I write out what my business partner has to do, what my editor has to do, what, and then I send them a text in the morning. This is the, the what we have to do. And then I write on next to that, my personal stuff. So am I going to the gym? Am I taking like my vitamins and my supplements? Do I need to go to the dry cleaner? Do I need to do this X, Y, Z? And that's, I write it out. And then I just make sure that happens during the day. The only thing that's scheduled into my day is a workout. So um, like, my, cause it's a class gym that we go to. So you have to go at certain times. So I'll know, yeah. all right, if I have to go at this time, that's the time I'm going to the gym, whether it's noon whether it's 7 a.m., doesn't matter. That's the only thing in my day that's scheduled. And then I know based on those things that I wrote down the night before what needs to be done. And when I'm done with those things, I just stop working because yeah, that's what I that's, need to be done. That's a really good way to do it. Um, like listing out what you need to get done and once you've accomplished it, just step aside. Because like yesterday, I honestly was at my computer for like 12 hours and I don't need to do that. All right? right. I'm not some big executive. I just get like into the mode of doing things. And then like I was working, I worked like from seven 30 to nine 30 at night, just because Jessica was upstairs, like unpacking. And I was like, you know, I have time. I might as well just, um, just do more work. When in reality, I really need to rest my brain. And 
I went a whole day. I didn't even, I did no physical exercise, which is very unlike me, but like, I hate that when day gets away from me and I've accomplished nothing physically. That's a problem for me. I don't like that. So yeah, I totally under, I totally understand that. I hate that too. Um, it happens sometimes it, it happens, but, um, I find that if I write down the stuff the day before, because if I don't write anything down, I don't really have a clear picture of what I'm trying to do. And then it, I'm all over the place. I'll be, I'll have seven tabs open. I'll be working on, yeah. I'll be work, I'll be working on an email campaign. I'll be working on a sales campaign. I'll be, I'll be, I have my messages on my computer. I'll be texting about fantasy football the night before. Did you see this? No, <laughs> yes, whatever. Be people text me about a parlay they hit, like whatever it is. It's, it's all over the place when I could just know what has to be done. Focus on that. Once I get that done, I'm finished for the day. And then other because stuff's going to come in anyway, right? Clients are going to email at some point. I'll check my email done after that. And then like once and the thing that I do with like my team is a group text and they know what needs to be done and that's it. They know what they have to do. And if they have questions, don't call me because you know what needs to be done. Google. Yeah. So, so that's. So that's, that's kind of how I do it. I mean, it, that's been where I've seen the most success and it feels like, all right, it feels like the hours, maybe I'm working less, but the work is more focused and we're making more money. So that's, that's the goal. So you just got to yeah. build. I mean, I've read a lot of like the most successful people in the world that they do do that before they go to bed. They either write down like a journal, like they'll take 30 minutes and they'll write down, I guess, either what happened that day and or what they want to happen tomorrow or as simple as I forget who it was, but they were very successful. I saw them on TV and they basically said when they close their eyes to go to bed, they just think about a few things that they want to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So they'll say like, I want a new client. I could be that. And there's some science behind it, how it triggers these positive thoughts in your brain that can obviously come your subconscious can come out during the following day. Um, but I don't know. I find that really interesting. Yeah. I think what I feel like what I'm learning more and what you've said it too, and what a lot of people are starting to learn is that your mind has things you say to yourself and things that you tell yourself, even if like they can come to fruition, if you're thinking positively, like that actually is a real thing. I do believe that that's a real thing. Um, and I see it, I'm starting to see it more and more. So I think that's something that everybody should focus on is looking at, okay, I'm going to talk positively to myself. I'm going to talk positively about what I want to happen. I'm going to manifest this. And it, and it happens a lot of the time. It might not happen immediately, but it does happen. So I think a lot of people need to focus on that more. Yeah. I mean, my wife's all about the manifesting. I find that word so funny because I just think about like, it's like every 30 year old woman's like, I'm going to manifest. They, this, they right? love it's, that. They love that. They, they love that word. Love um, it. It's unbelievable. It's a great buzzword. It's a great buzzword. That <laughs> and pivot. pivot um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, it's, I don't, I, I basically think it is true. I just don't know how to manifest certain things, I guess. Not yet, at least. Yeah. We got to start with one. Just start positive self-talk about one thing and then it, it spirals from that but now yeah. we're gonna stay on the positive note here right yeah. so positive note and i need this answer i feel like i know it i should know this but what is your guy likes to have a good time we know this i we know this so what's your go-to karaoke song um 
Mr. Brightside by the Killers. There, I, I kind of feel like I knew that. That would be exciting, but yeah, uh, it's it's got to be. So we, me, and you would love to. We dance on the uh, pool tables at at uh, at the page. Yes, to uh, the '80s rock songs. Yes, I don't even. <laughs> yes, we did. We did. We did. Man, we did. There's a lot. The the page just has so many memories. I I lost a fight to a bar stool there. You know, just. I mean, <laughs> On my 21st birthday, just walked out, tripped over a bar stool, and got wheeled home. You know, so I, a lot of good things happened at that place. I don't know if that's a good thing, but if you saw, man, it was funny to other people. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely funny to other people. So, what does now? I mean, we're talking about some pretty awesome stuff here. So, what does living an awesome life look like in your eyes? Huh. Living an awesome life, well. I would say how I would want my awesome life to be is I wake up every morning excited to excited to live, whether that's because of my family, because of my job or combination of the two. Um, That would be start. That would probably be part one of an awesome life. And number two, number two, I actually think I do a pretty good job of. And that's just being a good person and doing the right thing and being honest and putting that out into the into the world i mean i think one of my core beliefs is if everyone just didn't if we at a bare minimum we just didn't hurt others okay forget about being good to everyone else if we just didn't hurt others the world would be exponentially better and then obviously if we were if you just take a positive attitude, you don't even have to take a positive attitude because bad things happen to people. And sometimes you're not going to be very positive, but just doing good, doing the right things for others, for yourself, working hard. That's part two to me of living an awesome life. Those are good answers right there. The, the not hurting others one is it's, that could go a long way. I mean, it's, I know it's, it's, it'll never happen because people, are greedy or they're jealous. Um, those are, I think, two of the main reasons why there's conflict in the world. Yep. But it, it's a simple thing. It's unfortunately there's just no way it'll ever happen. But it's a, it's a hopeful thought. It is a hopeful thought. I mean, maybe we'll get there one day. I don't know. Maybe if everybody buys Bitcoin, they'll be happier. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Anyway, so thank you for uh, jumping on with me today. Before we get out of here, I want you to tell everybody how and where they can find you. Yes. So I'm your guy for life. That's at I'm your guy for life on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You can schedule a time to talk life insurance with me through the link in my bio there, or you can just come and hang out and enjoy the uh, clowny videos I try to post about life insurance. So yeah, thanks, Steve. It was a it was a pleasure being on this with you, man. It's good catching up. Always great catching up. And before I get at before we leave, I do want to say if you do are looking for life insurance, like talk to he is the man and he is no bullshit. He will tell you exactly how it is. And he he knows his shit. Please call him. Like I'm not even he we had a call and I was like, all right, well, this guy's not even trying to sell me. He's just trying to help me. And then even I talked to um, Josh Heenan last week and he's like, have you talked to Z about insurance? Like he's amazing. I was like, I know I talked to him like a couple months back. So I, I, I just want to say that because I think you're, you're great at what you do. And I think you're, you, you have it down. Like you're, you're just a great person all around. So I like, you know, I like promoting that. 
Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. I, uh, yeah. Anytime you want me back on, I'll come and bullshit with you. Of course. Of course. So everyone, thank you for tuning in this week. Don't forget to follow us. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Well, I'm on Instagram. We have TikTok. We're on YouTube. Um, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Leave a positive review. Um, I mean, if you want to leave a positive review, but leave a review, leave a comment, let us know what you think. And as always, we'll be back each and every Tuesday.